You are listening to Net Talk Night Job Podcast. Okay. All right. All righty. Yes, so ladies and gents, lend us your ears. What? (laughs) 16. (laughs) We are are, are approaching the end of season one. I'm telling you. (laughs) (laughs) So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Uh, Yeah, so I mean, this this is another special episode. Yeah. Um, this another is another interview. interview yeah uh, so we had the pleasure to talk to okay i mean for the sports fans yeah we don't really talk about sports much because mm-hmm. that's what i so if you're a sports fan i mean this is this is a treat so yeah we had the pleasure to talk to one of the hosts of the number one okay sports radio show in nigeria applause so applause yes <laughs> Number one sports radio show in Nigeria. That's number one. So if you listen to you know radio, I mean sports on the radio or anytime, mm-hmm. uh, you must have heard about Sports Express. Sports Express, yes, is one of the most popular. Yes, uh, Even Azuka that doesn't know sports. Yeah, so yeah, so it's hosted by three um, experienced um, um, journalists, sports yeah. journalists, um, DG Omoto Imbo, okay. um, Mm-hmm. And of course, Yemi Wow. Yemi Adesanya is like uh, maybe the younger, yeah, maybe the of the younger of the, of the three uh, as well. So we had the pleasure of speaking to Yemi Adesanya oh. and you know sharing his experience being in media. Yeah. At least for him specifically, I think maybe about 10 years or 20 wow. years in total as well. That's a long time. Uh, so he's had the pleasure of working with two even more experienced yeah, uh, sports broadcasters. Everybody knows DG. Yeah, okay, you know DG. Uh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Everybody so knows DG. Yemi <laughs> is one of the hosts of the Sports Express show, which I think I listen to it on Classic FM every morning when I'm driving to work. Wow, So okay. it's usually between 7.30 and 7.45. So okay. Then they also have a podcast, oh. which I also listen to religiously. Yeah. And they recently had an episode whereby they invited listeners to ask questions mm-hmm. so as network nigeria we sent in a few questions yeah we actually read about two or three see of, of our questions see yeah so it's very very and then i just reached out i just tried to reach out and see if we could get to talk yeah, to interview to yemi in yeah and i was very pleasantly surprised <laughs> I just sent in a dm and, you know i'll talk to him. i think i just replied i was like okay it's cool that's so cool and, uh, <laughs> and i remember like i spoke with, i sent in dm on friday mm-hmm. hoping that maybe the following weekend yeah you'll be, be slated yeah do it. but the guy was just like ah and i now said like how he said when when will i like to do that i said saturday the guy was not like ah that he works on saturdays oh. he now said that it's more about sunday i said oh ah, that's <laughs> perfect for me and i just said let me even try what about tomorrow this was friday I don't yeah this was sunday so exactly I was like, cool let's, let's, do, let's do, do sunday so I just I said, ah, let me just take the opportunity fantastic yeah so we want to apologize for the audio though yeah i need to you know no. turn that <laughs> knob to the last crack it up, Please, crack it up. <laughs> so, uh, but it's very very good uh interesting yeah uh, talk that we had with uh uh yami adesanya yeah and i think one thing that i also you know learned from just reaching out to the guy i think when you listen to someone on radio or you see someone on tv mm-hmm. uh a lot of times i don't know you always have this perception yeah that this is they are just kind of far away exactly and if you talk to them they would not even respond you know talking to this guy this guy is just a he's just a dude wow we, we might as well you have see? gone to secondary school if you really know he <laughs> just feels like talking to any regular okay like a regular guy that we know so I, I guess everybody else should listen and see whether he gets his net stamp you know we always like to put a net stamp on things there's, so a, bit of, there's a bit of dead there ah, so cool. he's, a, he's a big hip-hop fan oh. really yeah, so uh, a nerd. you will like him. Ah, you particularly will like. Interesting, some of his music. very good. When you listen to this, you will like some of his music. Yeah, me. This is your next stop. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. I mean, I would say he's a nerd. Yeah, I know. Music. I just give but it. Uh, no, since we like yeah, the same kind yeah, of music, exactly. I I'll give it to him. I give it to him. Definitely likes the kind of music you like. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> and he's just like us. Like me, at the beginning of the interview, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, he talks about the kind of music he listens to. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'll let you guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah, listen. Take a listen. So take a listen, and of course, let's uh, communicate on social media. Yeah, send all us, our ask us any questions at Let Talk Niger, Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. and of course Facebook as well. Yeah. So yeah, so let's listen to interview. Enjoy. All right, peace, peace. All right, all right. So I mean, um, thank you very much um, for joining us today, um, Let Talk Niger podcast, and we have a very very special guest. Uh, Mr. Ademi Adesanya of Sports Express and Sports 360. So I'm going to allow him to do more of the introduction of himself. Um, 
And I just want to say thank you to him for giving us this time. You know, we're looking to learn from him and his experience, especially being in media. So I'll hand over to you, the, um, Mr. Demi Adesoya. Is that the right way to address you? Is it Mr. Demi Adesoya? I'm not very high on titles. So, yeah, um, for yeah, sure. Uh, I was having a problem with this question. I'm a sports business uh, consultant. I'm a sports enthusiast. I'm a sports media person. Um, I have a finance and economic background, economics background, and uh, uh, I love football as well. Manchester United. I watch a lot of sport. I love music, especially pop, um, especially nineties music. I'm not, I'm not going to put my mind the music of this age as much. Um, <laughs> I love football. Uh, I love meeting people. I love trying this. I think that's basically the culture. Yeah. So you said something very interesting now, because I think I'm very much the same way. Uh, I'm not, I don't know how old you are, but I suspect if uh, the information I have is right, we are probably around the same, uh, you know, generation. I'm 43. Very, sorry? I'm 43. Oh, yeah, 43. Okay. So I, I'm also just about to clock 40. So I just guessed as much that we're probably around the same uh, age range. And okay. the reason why I wanted to ask what you said about music or this era, because I'm very same. And my my partner who does the podcast with me is also very similar. We are not very into the music of today. So maybe it's an age thing. I don't know. But we still listen to music of, you know, like where, where we grew up in the 90s and the 2000s. Yeah. The, I'm sure a, the same goes for Nigerian music, I guess. Oh, yes. I have a, well, I actually, for this age, I, I particularly like, I like his Daniel. I like, okay. I like, I like I'm not so, I'm not that, um, how can I put it? Yeah. I don't go out of my way. Yeah, of course, I get you. If it comes to you, like, yeah. So, like, let's say, for instance, uh, if Two Face releases an album today, mm. I would definitely go look for it. Yeah. If Jay-Z releases an album today, I would definitely go look for it. If another day releases an album today, I would definitely go look for it. If uh, some of the younger guys are probably not. Yeah, exactly. I think I'm... So, I have a yeah. in my GC days that abuses me up to today that I'm an old man, that I should <laughs> You know the irony, the irony of you calling yourself an old man is I listen to you guys a lot, like sports expert every morning. I can I... That. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very funny when they tease you of being the younger, the younger person, and then here you are saying that you are an old man. I, I get I get the gist perfectly. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, th- that just goes to, to my next one. You, you talk about your finance background. So I was, I was able to get like a profile online about you. And I was pleasant. I was a bit surprised, but you just confirmed it. But I didn't want to put it forward because I wasn't sure if I had the right information or not. So it, it seems you started your career in banking. So how did you now move from banking into what you're doing now? Very interesting, interesting question. So I have always loved talking sports from primary school. Uh, I went to University of Lagos. So in the same way that I went to staff school, knows me from the time we were in primary school. They know that this one always used to football. And then mm. going to secondary school, I went to Modern College, Hong Kong. And it was always sport, football, 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 football. I was born into a, a sport, particularly football, loving family, my dad. And virtually everything I know, well, well, most of the things I know today about tactics, uh, sports events, organizing sports events, and all that. I learned from my dad. Um, it's back now. So, um, you know, sports is our family. Even my younger brother as well. So, uh, I had early exposure to sports and wanting to, you know, uh, be on the broadcast side. Mm. Um, but then, you know how it is in this country. Um, after service, come out, they are looking for work. Mm-hmm. And the time I finished uh, uni and served, the banks were the ones, it was either banking, telecom, or uh, oil and gas, if you're an engineer. Yes, you know? if you want to make money, yes, so that was the case. <laughs> Because at the time they were expanding rapidly, you know. Um, mm, yeah. So I found myself in banking and I've been doing that for about 18 years or thereabouts. Um, about 13. Oh, wow. Before, okay. before something. So 13 years in banking. Yeah, yeah. So roughly 13 years. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, if you did 13 years, so what, what now? Sorry? You know, one asking how I transited at it. Exactly, exactly. Well, well, when did the switch happen? Let me give you a bit of background. So in my service year, I worked at 
you know, you know how they say service that if you're if you're looking to be posted, you a favorable post. That's how things you need to do. You know, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I worked in the I worked in OBS uh, at camp. I said the Jigawasti. Okay. Uh, I think, uh, oh, that, uh, oh, yeah, 2003. So interesting. This will this will be my 20th year. This will be my 20th year on radio. So oh, wow. I worked with OBS, the OBS in camp, and then uh, when we left camp, I was posted to Busey, and then I started doing the sports program on Radio Jigawa. Um, I took over from one guy, his name was Titus, his name is Titus. I took over from him, he was a batch ahead of me, and he handed uh-huh. over to me. So I was doing a sports program uh, on Radio Jigawa back then. Very, very, very crude way of uh, doing radio, like what do you have to do. I still have goosebumps when I remember how we used to have to record. Um, so from there, I came back to Lagos after service, I think. I came to the in 2004 after service. Uh, yeah, nearly got a job at uh, a international bank. Yeah, the international bank. Okay. And that's how my banking career started. And then mm-hmm. I used to do radio once in a while, maybe just popping through one radio station or the other, when they're talking sports or football, you know. Then when, when back then, there used to be this company. I don't know um, Nigeria Bank has been, so Nigeria Bank has been. So I used to represent my bank when they had invited the bank to talk about the competition. I used to be the one to go to the radio station to talk about it because I was also the assistant coach. Okay. That's how my love affair with radio and broadcasting, you know, somewhat back then. After many years in the bank, especially mm. in 2010. Okay, so mm. my banking career is uh, EIB, Sky Bank, GT Bank, Access Bank, and FCMB. FCMB. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be twenty twenty six years. So yeah, but so twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Okay. Okay. So I um, okay. So in twenty twenty, when ITV was was up, mm. uh, there was a reality show that came up. I was still working on that CGTV then. Uh, called Analyze This it was done okay. by the Sport Vision crew at ITV. So I put in um, as a contestant on the show. Mm-hmm. And this was twenty ten, and I came third on in that. Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, is it the? Because I remember this show. I don't know. I can't remember the name. Whether it's the same one where they call people to analyze sports shows. Uh, Akimbo Ogunti was one. I remember him very well. I think. Uh, um, uh, yeah, it was Sport Vision, and then Pina got ninety three million naira from Etisalat or something. Is it that one? No, not that one. <laughs> Oh, it's not that one. Oh, it's million. We'll have another conversation. <laughs> no, 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 I mean the winner. You said you came third. Remember, I came third. What did I get? I got a, a dining table. And I think I picked some cash. I was supposed to sign a one-year contract to the analyst on ITV. Second place got a set of furniture. The winner got a car. Uh, this Chinese car, Jimmy. What's the guy's name now? Chuba. Yes, Chuba was the winner. Chuba won. The first Wait, the, was the runner of a doctor? Yeah, Dr. Sutra. Yeah, that he used to work in the oil company or something at Ikori. Yeah, British Gas. He used to work in British Gas. I, I, you know, because I, I work in the pharmaceutical industry, so I knew mm-hmm. him, and I remember seeing him on TV, and I'm like, being surprised that he knew so much about sports. So I actually followed that competition. I think the 93 million thing was another competition. But I, that was another but thing. Of, but I remember this, this analyzed this very well, because I followed it very closely, because of the Dr. Insika guy because I knew him on the field. So you were part of that. Maybe that's I was probably watching you then. Maybe my memory just didn't link it together. <laughs> yeah, I was the uh Tevisan used to be on it too. I was the one they were always poking. Tevisan, yes. Um, they used to poke a lot of banter uh, on me because I was a bank the banker. Yeah, especially Especially if you didn't know, especially if you didn't know the Premier, I mean, if you didn't know other leagues apart from Premier League, I remember uh, Buddy Oguchi yeah. was very. He used to harass people a lot with that. I, I remember very well. Yeah. So that, that's how I knew let's go into broadcasting. You know, the ITV thing that happened, you know, and then I went back to my work. And then in 2012, uh, Sport when we, when uh, Sport Express moved to Classic FM, we had mm. something called um, the Round Table, which was uh, the London 2012 Olympics. So I used to be on that Round Table every, uh, every weekday on Sport Express. Mm. So that's more or less how I then finally got back 
It was now thinking about it. I mean, that with 10 years of sports express this year, this oh, August wow. as well. So. Oh, wow. That's, That's how I got there. When I left Banking, when I left SMB, um, you know, um, just said, why don't you join us? Because then, uh, the let the Zuluwa just become chairman of the State Sports Commission. So, Oh, interesting. So, but you left the banking before you made that leap, or was it digitally? I used to do it. I used to do it. So, like, weekend, uh, yeah. Austin, we have rights for the Premier League, uh, Terrestrial. Mm-hmm. So I used to do that. I used to be on the schedule. I used to go do uh, Premier League analysis for live matches. I used to do Sports Express, you know, in the morning. I used to go to Top Radio with uh, a Sports Cafe in Wale Adigo and Football uh, Tonight with Biola Kazoo. Mm-hmm. So I used to go to different radio stations. Mm-hmm. I used to like, I come on our show, you know. That's how more or less uh, got back from the early years of my service. Okay, so I mean, the good thing about, I think good thing about your trajectory is that you always, you were still doing the radio thing even though you're working in banking, which, I mean, I know we all know how stressful working in a bank is. So for you to now sacrifice your weekends or, you know, other free time to now focus on doing the radio, but you, it's not like you you left like it. it. Exactly. Yeah? Okay. So that one day I was on TV. <laughs> my That's how the current MD of Access Bank my boss okay. told me on TV. <laughs> Who's not this guy? What is he on TV? And, you know, he told me, he called my boss, my director, your staff is talking to me on TV. He started <laughs> doing his work. Don't try to go on the screen. On the day of our prison, my name came up. He said, this one, it's only football, it's also. And that was the only time I had any issue with doing my sports. When I was in other bank, nobody was asking. In fact, I remember doing analysis how my colleagues in uh, GT Bank Energy Dev used mm. to, to send broadcast messages around oh. for me. You know, okay. so that was that was really that's the only issue I had in Access Bank when my last son was So it's been a, a long, long road somewhere. I mean, I think the good thing about you, because like I said, when I was chatting you to get this done, so myself, even my 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 partner where we do the podcast together is some we we went to secondary school together we've known each other for our 30 years so we always knew we wanted to do something on the radio but we never even attempted that leap we just focused on our lives he's an engineer i'm a pharmacist but i'm just saying for you it's a bit different because you you didn't actually just switch all of a sudden you were in there basically throughout balancing your primary role at the time and then you i guess the the transition is easier for you paying dues paying dues yes so (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay so let let me go more into uh the radio part of your career now so i mean what was it like working with you know deja i I like the story you've already given us a story of how you started with them but what's it like working with them every day and i'm always very curious about how old are they really because some of the things they say and how they look. I'm like, well, they'll be talking about things in the 70s. I'm like, how old are these men, actually? So it baffles me sometimes. <laughs> all right, first of all, I'll say it is a blessing, you know, to, yeah. to be guided by the owners of Prodigy, so from Okuzizi, from Hubode, and of course, the lady is I, think, I think it's a, bl- a blessing because, you know, it's an opportunity for me to learn every day. And I'm always, always thankful for the opportunity to work with them. Because if I was not working with them, maybe I might not be doing this now anymore. Because they are, they are very much a different breed in the industry. Um, they are, our opinions about a lot of things align. Yeah. Uh, they are probably the best trainers in the industry. Mm-hmm. And I say this without fair favor or whatever, because the track record is there for everybody to see. The number mm-hmm. of people who have passed through Sports Express is humongous. Sports Express will be 20 in November you know, this mm-hmm. year. So you can, that alone just tells you how many people they have blessed. So mm-hmm. for me, it's a huge blessing. Uh, about their ages, Uncle Deji is going to be 60 soon. Uh, Uncle Barretu is 
also nearing that milestone. So they are in their fifties, more so, yeah. some of them. Yeah, but it seems they started. Yeah, also, the exposure to football was very early. Exactly, for it was obviously very early because sometimes when they say some stories, I'm like, I'm looking at them and I'm looking at like, how old would they really be if you are? That means they must have been going to watch football in their teens, you know, or even younger. Like, so that's why they can remember and reference a lot of. He has a story about when he first met uh, Shevode Exactly. Because I think I've possibly heard that story. <laughs> that story yeah. So uh, they've been doing it for, for a while. And I'm blessed, and a lot of us, a lot of us have been blessed by their awesome knowledge and you know, their, their know-how. And of course, their, uh, what's the word now? Uh, their startup, you know, um, in the industry. So it's a huge blessing. Let's talk about how great it is working with Uncle Deji and Uncle Body. So I just wanted to ask, like, I know you, yeah, the Sports Express team, you guys transited to, pot, pot, not, not transited rather, but opened a new channel to talk with your audience with podcasts. So what informed that decision, basically? Okay, so first thing, uh, good question. Uh, have, I personally, I've, I've been podcasting since 2012? Yeah, okay. 2012, yes. I've been podcasting since 2012. I think uh, I had different kinds of problems, uh, and uh, because we're always getting you know messages from people say, oh, you know, as much as you guys need to find a way to you know, uh, you know increase the time, you have to find a way to you know, get back, get through to us, you know, mm. and you know. In the, in the old days, Sports Visual Reserve, Sports Express, uh, Predator, on TV, we had 90 minutes, mm. you know, and all that. But now we only have uh, Sports Express. So, uh, so along the line, you know, company approached the publisher and said, oh, look, we, we like what you're doing. We would like you to move on to the podcast side of things. Mm. And, you know, we came, you know, had a conversation and it was, it was easy. I thought, oh, okay. This also gives us access to a wider audience. Yes. I think what also um, led to that was where we started putting for the Port Express on YouTube. We realized that we, you know, we're getting a lot of uh, comments and views mm. from people outside Nigeria who say, Look, I stopped listening to Sports Express because of the time difference. Mm. I sleep when Sports Express is coming up. Or uh, it's nighttime, you know, so it was reading. So they always used to have to go back to the YouTube. They found out we used to operate on YouTube. Always mm. go there. And we now saw, okay, the so podcasting offers us the opportunity to reach a wider audience and um, and also, as a love, we can have to you know talk more on some of the issues that we discuss on sports sector. So that's how we made it. Uh, yeah. Um, so all the what is it? Was it like a financial thing? What happened to all the other channels? Like you only have Sport Express now. Very good question. <laughs> it's tough. This Nigeria, you know, and yeah. this is being extremely, extremely open with you. Mm. Uh, I, I, I say it anyway that mm. uh, we, we don't, we don't say Sports Express is your number one sport for the fun of it. Mm. We don't say because we are trying to build that. We say because it's been tested. Time twenty years is nothing. It's not a joke. Not being. And I mean, that twenty years we only missed one show, and that's mm. the day in Zimu Pastor. So again, mm. Nigeria works differently. They're talking about a show that has over close to three hundred thousand listeners weekly. Mm. But somehow, getting sponsorship is a big problem. Mm. Right? We have a sponsor today. Tomorrow. The sponsor can say, well, I'm not doing the game. Mm. Obviously, because their vision, their own wisdom, probably does not align. And this is me mm. trying to be as polite with my, my use of words. Mm. Um, and to run a TV show, very expensive. I can imagine. So in Nigeria, this is different. If you have an idea for a TV or radio show, you know, you can go out and record a pilot, right? Mm-hmm. Record a pilot and take it to the media. I have this idea for a show, and I like what you guys are doing. Uh, it would be nice to put it on your platform. Mm-hmm. What the media house is, what supposed to do, you buy that content of you. Yeah, yeah. You buy the content of you, then you can then work out commercials in terms of, if mm-hmm. for instance, you're able to sell the content uh, in terms of uh, adverts and whatever, mm-hmm. you can you know, meet up with. But Nigeria is very way. You go to the house and they'll tell you how much you want to pay for airtime. Or this is, the, this is how much airtime costs. Mm-hmm. Airtime is 
both radio and TV. Mm. And so that's why over time, you know, if you remember, 90 minutes started on uh, uh, AIT. Yeah. And we moved to ITV at some point, moved to NTA at some point. And of course, it wasn't making any financial sense. Financial sense, yeah. To continue because the terrain, the terrain started getting tougher and tougher and tougher. So we had to scale down to the one that we think was um, the easiest, uh, which is still radio. Radio, like it or not, no matter how much we, we evolve with technology <laughs> and all that, radio is still the most easily accessible me- medium for information because the bulk of the uh, population still listens to radio. So I think yeah. that's why we, we, we have to scale back. In my opinion, uh, my bosses might have no, I think it makes perfect sense. Uh, and I also agree, agree with you with radio, uh, especially the time slots that you guys have for, for Sports Express. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how it is. I know people listen to radio, but I think the peak time, obviously, is, you know, the driving to work time and maybe the driving back. Driving to work time, yeah. Exactly, because that's when I listen to the radio mostly. But now with podcasts, I mean, it's easier. I can listen like almost any time, even at work sometimes. (laughs) You can just put your earphones and be listening. I'll be doing work and stuff. So I think that's why podcasts are good. So I think you kind of answered my next question, but maybe just a little bit more. I was going to ask about how do you guys make money and revenue, but you've already said things like, you know, sponsorship and, of course, selling maybe selling your pilot or whatever, even though that doesn't happen as much. But now, if you don't if you don't have a sponsor for your slots, knowing that you also have to cough out money to pay for that time slot, how do you guys then make money? Can you take the question again? Uh, it broke up at some point. So I'm saying that in the event that you don't have a sponsor, so let's use Sports Express as an example. And you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. But if... <laughs> If let's use Sports Express as an example, let's say you don't have a sponsor at the moment, yeah. and I know you have to probably pay the station for that time slot. So I'm saying, how does is there any other way to make money like okay, so that? It's a, it's a good question, boss. So now, um, one thing I said about Sports Express is that it is tested and trusted. It is time and been around for 20 years. So yeah. there is a bit of goodwill and clout that Sports Express has, right? That mm-hmm. I'm sure many radio stations, with all due respect to them, would love to have a show like that on their, on their platform. So yeah, the, sure. the show has built enough uh, goodwill that you can work with radio stations and say, look, for the time we have uh, sponsorship, everything will be nice. Mm-hmm. We have the same formula for everybody's fine. For the mm-hmm. period where there's no sponsorship, we know that it's a bit of a downtime. But, but there are a lot of um, evolving ways that you can make money but it's just that for radio it's very limited it's not advertising and there's not no other way uh, mm. you can say youtube is another way but then you and i know how difficult it is to become of youtube yeah you not at a certain number of uh, subscribers and all that that level of views and YouTube subscribers yeah. you're not going to make any money so yeah. On, on like today, where those making money are the guys doing stick, and, and I think it's a it's a general problem for the sporting industry, where entertainment continues mm. to support on a consistent basis because um, the brands believe through whatever you say wisdom or the other that entertainment gives them far more value than a sport. So mm. uh, it's difficult to make money without advertising. So there are two ways. Either you are being sponsored or they are putting adverts on your show. Those are the only easy two ways you can make money putting a show on radio. And syndication is another one, but still, the syndication still depends on advertising money. Advertising money, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I apart from, I know apart from Sports Express, you're also involved in other things. So maybe just a little bit to go into that, because I hear stuff about Maybe you are involved in organizing Copa, uh, the beach soccer uh, tournaments. Like you are involved. I, I think you mentioned that in a few shows, few shows mm-hmm. ago about how you know you are comparing it to how the how poor the organization of the Nigeria versus Ghana uh, qualification match was and how the whole disruption hap- uh, happened after. And you are comparing it to what you did with uh, Copa. It's Copa Africa, if I remember correctly. Copa 
Copa Lagos, sorry. Yes. So, like, just can you just, you know, you don't have to go into so much detail, but the other things that you do, then you also do some other things with, because they always reference you, I know, on the show when they talk about kids. So they always yeah. say, ah, Yemi does stuff with kids. I know there was a episode of the podcast where, you know, you guys touched on the controversy about, you know, the kids. And, and I, I know I'm just using that as an example, but they always make reference to you. And I believe you also, there was a time you were, there was an ad that was running on your show, uh, like maybe like an academy or something for children to come and sign up. So I'm just I just to give you a sense that I have I, I have I don't know what they are exactly or what the organizations are called, but I know you are doing other stuff mm -hmm. outside of Sports Express. So do you want to quickly touch on, on those things? The man has to talk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sir. Okay, so um I, I'm also involved in sports events. Um okay, okay. That's why sometimes call myself a consultant. Uh, yeah. speaking sports ideas. As event ideas from conceptual to execution, I do that. And mm. I've been doing that now since, since 2010. Yes, right after sports, uh, right after analysis was the first thing that we did. Myself and my brother, we had a company called uh, Tactics IQ. So we used to organize football events, and we mm. uh, should get young people to come and play football for, for, uh, for prizes, mixing football and entertainment. You know, get this all from you know all the rising stars at that time. Be a platform to perform, uh, networking opportunity for young people. Because whether I like it or not, uh, recreational activities in Nigeria are very limited. Uh, yeah, definitely. Very, very expensive. Also expensive, very expensive. Exactly. I think that's the dry word to use. Very expensive. So recreational activities like ah, this event, you know, was it? Good conveyor belt and a link between sports, entertainment, and young people. So we did that for about two years. I think we stopped, we stopped doing it in 2012. It is interesting that a lot of other stuff has sprung up over the years. And uh, so I I kept doing that. So I did a few of uh, MTN Cup. I did that, uh, organizing that as you know, putting together a trip for the winners to go to Brazil. Um, then I met Samson Adamo, um, okay. to do, um, Copa Lagos as head of branding and marketing. Uh, so yeah, we did that for, I've done that for like four years. Um, it's a whole lot of things Samson can, can do Copa Lagos because his new position at CAF. So there's no conflict of interest. Um, so we did that for a while. Very, very interesting experience that I hold very close to my to my heart. Mm. I did a beach soccer national um, um, cup in 2016. And you know why I always used to make reference to Copa Lagos, and it's because yeah. I do think I, I didn't used to agree before, but I do think Nigerian football needs a new set of fans, right? It is a new set of fans. Yeah. Why? Because maybe because I'm in the media, I would ordinarily go to the stadium. But I'm mm. not sure you will be comfortable to go to the stadium for different reasons. Mm. Uh, one, accessibility to the ground. Two, security, fear, uh, lack of match day experience, you know. So I always mention Copa Lagos because I was involved in everything. Mm. And we've had instances in Copa, Nigeria's beach soccer team always used to play Copa Lagos. They never, they didn't win, they don't want all the, the all the, uh, not the years we've had Copa Lagos. I don't think they've won more than, I think we've well, done seven years. I don't think we've won more than three times. Do you hear Violence, car violence, or anything. Look. Why? Because events is, yes, you might say it's in a smaller arena. Well, yeah. Well secure. And then there's a bit of a barrier to the kind of fan that would come. So if regular ticket is selling for 1,000 or 5,000 naira, those 
guys that will ordinarily family trouble will not attend that event. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The VIP is really 5,000, 10,000 naira. I have a VIP restricted by invitation. You understand? Most likely not. So, so I, I think, I didn't used to agree before, but I agree that maybe Nigeria football and Nigeria sports need a new set of fans. We need to cultivate this. And that's why I'm happy with what people like Sporting Lagos, uh, who are at the end of the year, and Vandreza are trying to do. But it's going to be difficult for them because they don't own their ground and they're having to use a Stone Age, Moribond, Dirty, dilapidated <laughs> facility like the Testing Valuable Stadium. Yeah. So, uh, was it that renovated recently? Or which one was Let's not get into that conversation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then um, I also, so uh, when I left banking originally, the first story was to be uh, a symbolic intermediary, but then I realized that the waters are quite murky in that uh, subsector. Why? It's um, it lack of education, uh, it's sincerity of, you know, the perception that the out like an outsider like me has is like it's a very corrupt it's very corrupt industry. It is. it is extremely corrupt. Extremely corrupt. And of course, because you also live in a country like Nigeria that the nation is almost as good as zero. You know. Mm. So you the country where they don't do all the contracts. So you sign the contract before. I've had instances where I've spoken to foreign agents and they always complain that, you know, the country had conversations with the player, the country to an advanced stage, they try to get the player a meal, and all of a sudden somebody showing up from nowhere to say, no, now we be the agent. Now we be the agent. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I can just see what it is. And then everything, you know, just goes pear shape. And most, more often than not, the madness happens only based on some few hundred, hundreds of dollars. Mm. Not thousands, mm. not millions, just few hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Everything changes. And the whole transaction starts. So I wanted to do that. After a few scouting arrangements, of course, a lot of age regularities and uh, what have you. Just for themselves and look. And I also realized, but also I haven't shelved it to say, I also realized that it's expensive to be an agent. If you want to run it properly, you have to have some cash. You have to invest in the talent, have you? Not only invest in talent. As an agent, if you are serious about doing it, you should be ready to hop on the plane and go anywhere. True. You know? True. You need to establish relationships with other agents. Europe. So imagine mm-hmm. I have a deal for a player in the NPSL and the deal is in Germany. And I'm here. I don't have money to get on the plane to have this course. Or I don't have visa because I don't have money. You get what I'm saying? So that's why... I can imagine. Is that? I said I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. So you, that's why the industry, the intermediary industry, the industry, industry is almost more important than Nigeria. It hasn't grown to the level mm-hmm. it's still. Because the agents are just there trying to make whatever work they can make, you know, and they're comfortable with it. Of course, the clubs also don't help us because what kind of agreements are they signing with these players? There are so many issues of third party ownership within our league. You know, so it's a very, you know, dirty business. So so instead of doing that, I then decide that if I tell I'm gonna do this in the long term, maybe I should start mm-hmm. working. And I can more ages from a very early age, and I can you know, have a close relationship with them. Yeah, uh, that makes a lot of sense. That's very strategic. <laughs> In 2018, uh, with the summer, with the summer, summer school, where we had our mm-hmm. lives, and then that has evolved into uh, a week every weekend type uh, sessions now for football and basketball. So. Uh, that's the other side. Those are the other issues. Now, of course, I do esports now as well. Uh, I handle sponsorship and commercial partnerships for 
the Lagos Esports Forum, our members of the Global Esports Federation. That's another I think you 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 did you, did you guys mentioned I don't know whether you, I think you guys were the ones organizing it. There was like an if esports competition not too long ago. I think I remember hearing it from you guys on the radio. I guess that's part of your. Well, I do esports. There are not people doing esports in Nigeria. Uh, like, like, like okay. There's no real regulation for a lot of this space. So everybody yeah. I think that that's another arena. I, I know I, I'm a bit, I follow esports a little bit, but like from the foreign scene. But it'd be nice to tap into what's going on locally. I actually didn't even know that. But I know you guys have done something around esports, maybe around FIFA or football or something, some time ago. We haven't, that done, was... we haven't done anything around FIFA. We've done more of In fact, we have prepared for, you know, Commonwealth has opened itself up in esports. So there will be okay. a Commonwealth Championships immediately at the Commonwealth Games. We are responsible for getting Nigeria's representatives. So we have a qualifiers mm-hmm. at the end of the month uh, for PES. Uh, even though we hear a lot of people don't play PES, we play more FIFA in Nigeria. So yes, we are qualifiers for PES. <laughs> Uh, but we've done other titles, especially mobile. We've pushed more of uh, mobile games because of uh, accessibility. Accessibility, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. Okay, thank you. I know I've taken a lot of your time. Um, and you've kind of answered some other questions I had, because I was going to ask you what are the plans that you have in future. You already talked about talent management. You've even talked about esports. You've even gone beyond you know, the scope I was even thinking of. But maybe... But my uh, before I ask my final question, just one question before that is so like looking at how things have evolved for Sport Express, Sport Six. You guys are now on radio now. Like what 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 do you think you guys are looking towards in the future? Like will will you like with Sports Express want to have their own independent registration like Brilla or something? Is is that in the works for the future? And then also just to piggyback on that question. Like you've just talked about uh, uh, Uncle Bodea and Uncle Deji being close to 60. If they retire, I don't know when. I don't expect them to retire anytime soon. Are you going to take over? <laughs> take over as much. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Frankly, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so Sport Vision, I've always wanted to get a, uh, a radio license. Oh, okay. Because it works at some point, but my brother, Oh. I know, understand. I understand. <laughs> radio license Nigeria is mainly political, hmm. financially asking. Um, then there's the issue of I just hope I've digitalized. It's a really cut over to digital, but it's a very slow pace, a very slow pace. And then anybody that you hear that has like some that radio license soon. If you tell you go as well as you find out that somebody has license, and you have to understand that Lagos as a team has almost almost 50 radio stations. Yes, so I always hear about I just recently heard we had a women's radio station. Oh, yes, yes. I didn't know that recently. There's WFM, there's SME, there's a station for SME, there's all sorts. So so many radio stations. And, and the reason why I'm getting a lot more coming out is because maybe uh, the NBC is putting a lot of pressure on them to use their license. So more mm. of the land for us for a license, and if I would tell you the license that is available is for you, it's for Canada, who's going to go there? You know? <laughs> then, and even if you find the ones that have been originally issued and are available for maybe Southwest, Lagos, or whatever, asking for. 50 million, you know, 100 million, crazy money. And you ask yourself, if I'm investing that kind of money already, first and foremost, in acquiring the license, how much more? I already invest in the infrastructure. Yeah. So we've always thought about it. It's always been in in the conversation, but uh, I don't know. I I really can't uh, uh, say much about if it's something that, you know, that's going to do. Okay, thanks. Thanks for all the insight. So I'll just ask one last question because I know I've spent a lot of time. So this one is more on the fun side. I know you're also a Man United fan. Uh, like I don't like what 
I don't know if you are getting the same sense that I have. I, I also try to watch a lot of fan football fan content, like on YouTube and stuff, uh, including well, the Nigerian too. one that is quite popular as well. I'm sure I don't know if you are familiar with them, football fan tribe or whatever. So avoid, they, they, you say what? I avoid most of them. You avoid most of them. <laughs> I guess for you, it makes sense for you to avoid. So I know there's a, there's a sense, and but even if you're on social media, there's a sense that there's a lot of excitement for the new coach. And I don't know why, I don't know if it's just me, but whenever I think about the coach, I always think about uh, this guy, Frank Debois. You remember Frank Debois? <laughs> Well, the coach of uh, Ajax for six years, and he won the league, I believe, four times out of six yeah. years. So yeah. he basically had very good pedigree. Even though some people argue, well, is is the Dutch league? It doesn't even matter. But he came to the Premier League. I mean, some people will say he didn't get a lot of the players he wanted or whatever. But at the beginning, he lost. I think the first three games or something. I can't remember. Even Ateta uh, too lost. <laughs> Ateta lost his first three games this season, even though he had been in yeah. the job. So I'm just saying, I see something similar. I don't know why I'm just being persistent. <laughs> but I see no, something that uh, that level of disappointment at the beginning for this guy as well. But what, what sense do you have? Why is the why is the hype around this Eric so high? Okay, so first of all, I understand your pessimism. <laughs> uh, you know, not disappointment as fumble. Support Manchester United. <laughs> um, and I think, and another thing is that United fans always get hysterical. Mm. There's always too much hysteria. You know. We are the biggest club, you know, mm. one of the biggest clubs in the world, biggest club in England. The fan base is huge. Mm-hmm. So you can't take away that high expectation, uh, how much um, impression any content around Manchester United will get because of the large fan base that they have. So that's why there's a lot of, you know, talk, mass hysteria. And I do understand why you're a bit optimistic. I was telling somebody on one of my, on the space that we normally do every Friday, that I, my expectation for Tehag is one, try to win one of the domestic trophies, and mm. try to finish in the left position. And they were like, ah, how can you say that? That's, that's like a Western ambition. I'm like, <laughs> how much is United different from Western at the, at the moment? First two points, separate United and Western. Right? So how much mm. more different than Western at the moment? But, I think one of the reasons why things are a bit different with him is that he had managed in Germany where he had good uh, Bayern's second team. Second team, yeah. At some point, he was even linked to the Bayern shop when he decided to go to And also, because of what he's done in the Champions League, and uh, he's them quite consistent on, in Europe, including the semi-final of the Champions League, just unfortunate to lose to uh, Lucas Mora had to win split sports two years ago. Yeah. Their performances, the games, the likes of Real Madrid. Vendors, Yeah. You know, so those things, if you uh, this guy probably has a good head on his shoulders, he knows what he's doing. He's had to change his team. So many times over the years, uh, where yeah. they've lost players, you know, but they found a way to regenerate consistently. So I think that's one reason why there's a bit of excitement about it. Um, the problems at United are not limited to the coaching. Mm-hmm. So it's a uh, problem. It's general. And good enough, some of those changes have already been made. People like myself and Okudichi have been saying in Alex left, you know, that United are structurally poor. They are structurally balanced. Uh, but some of those changes are already taking place. But then, you know, what comes to change? Change takes time. It takes right? time. <laughs> For instance, 
Liverpool were willing to give club six shares up top. Mm. Right? In some cases, some teams will have been fired after losing that number of cup finals mm. lost. Right? But their patience has, you know, put them far enough. So imagine if only had won the Europa League when you go to the final. You know, mm. that's a difficult. Yeah, so probably yeah. still be there by now. You're right. Yeah, because trophies have a way of impacting team performance in the long term. Yeah, the reaction is different. You know, they, they, they start feeling like they can win. Right? There's mm-hmm. no dispute of doubt is not there anymore. You understand? So I'm always saying this we need to be cautious, we need to be calm. And the beauty of it is that those changes are being made, and when it comes in, he's going to get the benefit of a full precision. He's going to get the benefit of having more or less a team in place, right, before he joins. So they can carefully analyze and say, who are those that need to leave? And who are those, excuse me, that need to stay? Yeah. So, I think with the amount of time I don't have before the season starts, there are a lot of policies to look forward to. But there, there are no guarantees. Mine no. is like regular <laughs> Before I, for me, my, my expectation before United can get back to challenges for the title, I think we're going to need at least four windows. Mm. Oh, so I think it's it compared to what some other people are saying. <laughs> at least. At oh, least. Yeah. Before we finally get the semblance of all that. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, we don't need. You know, there are a lot of things. A lot of things on the match side. Yeah. I think change is coming. Who would have been, if you were to give one coach post Ferguson, one man you coach post Ferguson, like who's your, who is the best coach for you? Like if you were to give them like a, uh, the time, maybe like five years time, just to try and fail and try and fail. Who's your best coach post Ferguson, considering all the challenges my you has had? Um, I'd have, I'd have preferred to stop with my heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm so happy. I, I, I thought I was alone in this. Okay, sorry, let me hear your reason. I was livid when the fire passed. I couldn't imagine how, how do you fire someone that just want to trust you. And I could see the, the program you were seeking to make very much, starting to get better defensively. Yes. yes. Look, I tell people this. Football is not played one way. Mm. All these, uh, you have to play history, uh, all that facade. It's facade. It's just modern day magics. Mm. Where when you, play football, you have to play a particular way for you to be taken seriously. I don't enjoy the football of people, please. Because it's just a racial it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, let's go. If I've been to say, it's heavy metal football, trying to give it a good game and all that. You know, Pep plays really good football. That's yeah, he does. But at the same time, good football comes at a full cost. At a cost, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Certain type of players you need to get through to achieve that. It's understandable. So at the time, Baha was already making some progress with that team. At least they got to fire the FA Cup. They won that FA Cup. Mm-hmm. You don't fire somebody. And I think, sorry team. to interject, I think one thing that people underestimate, especially from Bangal's second season, yes, the team finished fifth, even though we had the same points as Man City, if I remember correctly. And then he played so much youth in that season. People underrate what he did. Do you know how many youth? There was even one one boy that he played on Valentine's Day that his name was Love. I don't think many people remember that. 
Let me tell you something. There was a time United had 12 first team players injured. Mm, yeah. And they had to put together a makeshift defense that mm. had the likes of Paddy McLean, Osho Jackson, Tyler Blackett. People don't realize how difficult it was to put that to Mensa, the Pereiras, yes. the, the so many young boys. But what people would point to is that the United spent money. We brought in Di Maria, we brought in mm. Fancaolo, you know, mm. we tried that Pereira. But a lot of the guys were getting injured. Now, they tell you that uh, the injury were getting injured because of Baha's training methods. Go mm. and check the record. That team was on a path. That team was on a path. So I thought that it's quite disrespectful to fire a manager on the day he just won the trophy. trophy. Right? I would have yeah. kept Mahal. I, mean, I wrote a piece back then because, first of all, at the time we were appointing Tati Mahal and appointing Mourinho, I didn't like Mourinho at that time. Mm. Moreno was late. Yeah. If Moreno had come after Ferguson, maybe it would have been okay. Maybe we had a different, yeah, different But I didn't like him at the time with signed because coming mm. from Chelsea and all the baggage from Real Madrid and all that. Mm. I didn't like him as the person. But over time, I've gotten to understand the man. Yeah. You know, and interestingly, you know, the things he was He's saying. Yeah. <laughs> we are seeing it now. It's true. <laughs> So, Vaha, I'll stop with Vaha. Honestly, me too. And I think another point, I I would like to read your piece. So, please, if you can share it with me. Because I, I feel I, like a lot of the things they are saying are the things I've argued a lot with a lot of people. A lot of people seem to don't hate him for some reason. But I feel even that, you know, the possession football that the team was playing with yeah. the, at the back and, you know, the midfield, the way we're always keeping the ball and allowing the forward mm-hmm. player freedom. If we had perfected that mode of play over yeah. the years till now, we would just be buying players that suit into that system. You know, Amani would have had an identity by now. So I think that, that was our opportunity that we missed. You said it was parallel possession. Parallel possession, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's what people used to call it. They uh, feel that it doesn't make there's no progression, there's no end product. And mm-hmm. the interesting thing is that some of the things they give percentage for today. Because to see successful, they, they put together 30 passes. United scored goals by putting that number of passes together as well. Yeah, I remember. We had a couple of goals that were with the ball for a long time. We forget that as well. Mm-hmm. So you see, it also depends on what kind of agenda the media has. And for Manchester United, there's a huge agenda in this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So thank you very much, Yemi. I mean, if we, if you allow me, we will talk for three hours today, but let me just allow you to go and just say thank you very, very much for the time. Apologies for the connection issues. I wish we were able to do it on the app. It would have been easier for me to just edit and upload and all that, but mm-hmm. I'll just have to find another way now. So thank you very mm-hmm. much for the time. Hopefully we'll get to chat some other time in the future. <laughs> thank you for having me. Maybe face to face one day. No, I am. No problem. No, I'm with anytime. Just let me know. Anytime. All right. Thank you so much, Yemi. Thank you very much. All the best. My regards to your partner. Yes, I'll let him know. He'll be excited. Thank you. And bye. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Network Niger podcast. Please remember to follow us on all our social media platforms at Network Niger on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Do us a favor, share this episode with your friends and your family and help us reach more people. Thank you and see you at the next episode. Bye.